Welcome to Easter Outspoken Long Reads in Luke. This is a short series of five episodes focusing on Luke chapters 22 to 24. I am Fiona Stewart. And I'm Neil Glover. In these sections, what we're going to do is we're going to hear each of the passages twice. And in between, there'll be a a short reflection, perhaps looking at some of the things that we might notice in some of these passages and allowing ourselves to be immersed in these remarkable stories, which even though we've heard them so many times, when we when we slow them down and hear them in a new way, new things speak to us. Let's begin by listening to the first passage. This is Luke chapter 22, verses 1 to 38. Now the festival of unleavened bread, called the Passover, was approaching, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? they asked. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfilment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine, on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater? The one who is at the table, or the one who serves? 
Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you without purse, bag or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now, if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfilment. The disciples said, See, Lord, here are two swords. That's enough, he replied. Beautiful. I think... One of the things that comes to me are all the questions that I read and think about when I when I read this. There, there is a bit where questions happen when the disciples are asking the question about who's who's going to betray, but it feels that there are a lot of other questions. Always when I read this group, particularly with new members groups, the bit that people always ask about is Satan entering Judas. People are, are we're really disturbed by that. Did he have mm-hmm. any place in this? How, how much did he play a part in this? Is he pulled into a drama in which he has, has no control? That's very often the question that people people live with or ask. And there are lots of questions here. What, practical things like how did Jesus get the Passover organised? To, to what does all of this mean? And there feels that the questions are to do with a story which is suddenly plunged down into the valley of the shadow of death and the disciples haven't quite realised yet. But I think it's important to think about the questions because they might help us catch up a little bit with where the story's going. Yeah. I, I think the thing that I was very struck by, so it's interesting you mentioned the you know the Passover question. Mm. So even as I was reading it, you, you begin to kind of have questions in your head about, well, whose house was this? Because mm. it's, it's not the man with the water jar, which is, I think... What I've always thought, but it's quite a, a planned out. You're going to go. You're going to meet this man. He's going to take mm-hmm. to this house, the owner of the house. That's where. That's where it has to be. Who was that? How where was he? But but that feels like a little picture of the whole piece. Which the, the whole piece feels to me as though Jesus is is he's kind of holding two things in tension. One is the the very human reality of knowing what is ahead and the the, the suffering and the the passion element of that. But but yeah. there is also this sense of of the sovereignty question, 
So he knows whose house they're going to. He knows that when Peter denies him, he will turn back. He knows that that verse really jumped out, that verse 37, um, at the end of verse 37. I, I'll tell you that this will be fulfilled to me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. There's a, there's a sort of um, speed of the narrative towards the cross, but at the same time, a, a, a timeliness of this is, this is the fulfillment. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah. Holding two things in tension. Yes. And I don't um, know how that speaks to the Judas question, but maybe it does. I wonder if some of the questions sit in that tension between this sovereignty, this plan, and the very human story of the man who simply says to his friends, I've long wanted to eat this meal with you. Mm -hmm. And do the questions sit in between that gap? I think we have to pay attention to these questions, or that it helps to pay attention. How, how did he prepare? How are we to be made ready for him? What what are the parts of us that want to be the greatest and what are the parts of us that need to be sifted? Mm -hmm. And how does he pray for us still? Because it says, Jesus says, I've, I've prayed for you, Peter. And what, what, what prayers has Jesus said for me today? Mm. And what's being fulfilled then and what's being fulfilled now? Should we listen again? Yeah. And notice. Now the festival of unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? they asked. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfilment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. 
But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine, on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table, or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Then Jesus asked them, When I sent you without purse, bag or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now, if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfilment. The disciples said, See, Lord, here are two swords. That's enough, he replied. Jesus Christ, Pray for us today that when we are sifted as wheat, we would still survive. That the parts in us that want to be the greatest would be made humble. That we would sense your fulfilment in all things. Amen. Amen. Tomorrow, our reading will be Luke chapter 22 verses 39 to 71.